Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Certified Life and Weight Coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone, welcome to the Lose Weight Live Life podcast episode number 62. Today we are talking about sugar awareness. Now if you're in the UK, next week, the 8th to the 14th of November, it's Sugar Awareness Week. Uh, Sugar Awareness Week was created by the organisation Action on Sugar, whose remit is to inform and influence sugar reduction policies in the UK. Action on Sugar also works closely with the food and drink industry to inform their nutrition strategy and to provide technical expertise around sugar reduction. So why do I want to talk to you about sugar? If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that not demonizing foods, helping you break free from a diet mentality mindset and helping you believe you're the best person to figure out the right way for you to eat are foundational principles that I believe will underpin your journey to create a relationship with food that you love and lose weight for the last time. And yet I have very negative thoughts and beliefs about sugar. And I want to share those with you because I believe that it serves me to have those beliefs And I think it could very well serve you too. Sometimes these two foundational beliefs that I have feel conflicted and I must remind myself that that's okay. Our beliefs, our thoughts about life don't show up in neatly parceled packages of black and white. There's a lot of greyness and that's a good thing. And I mention this here ahead of this podcast because I fear that some of you may use me talking about the problem with sugar against me, although the reality is it will actually be against yourself. So I just encourage you to listen to this podcast with an open mind and take from it whatever you want to, whatever will serve you. And if you do feel some resistance to what I share in this episode, just be willing to sort of sit with that, allow that to be okay, but just sort of figure out why. Ask yourself why you may be resistant to hearing what I have to tell you about sugar. As always, it's all about awareness and understanding first. So first off, let's see, the word sugar, I think is so very vague. When we think of sugar, we may have a picture in our mind of the fluffy white grains that we maybe only see if we're baking a cake. Sugar is in fact just a generic name for sweet tasting, soluble carbohydrates. Sugar can be naturally occurring in fruits, vegetables, and milk, and it is frequently added to foods in a refined form to make them more palatable. Other words that effectively are sugar, you know, you might see these on food labels, include maltose, fructose, ethyl maltol, sucanate, barley malt, caramel, and there's probably 50 or so more. Sugar and refined carbohydrates such as flour are quickly broken down to glucose in our bodies. And an excess of glucose in our body is the primary cause or directly contributes to diabetes, heart disease, cancer, dementia, and many other diseases. Eating a diet high in foods containing added sugars and refined carbohydrates may reduce your life expectancy. Some research has estimated an average reduced life expectancy of 7%. I think this research may have been done on flies, so take from it what you will, But if it is useful for you to think of sugar in this way, then do so. So what I calculated from that 
is that eating too much sugar could contribute to you developing a disease that could have you dying at 65 instead of 70 or 69 instead of 75 or 74 instead of 80. Now, whilst this research that I found I think is somewhat flawed in the species of animal that it was conducted upon, I really want you to think about all of the diseases that sugar is contributing to and how those diseases cause life expectancy. I want you to know this because I don't think most of us do. I think that I am far more aware, and you may say biased, towards the negative impact of these foods, these foods with refined sugars and added carbohydrates the most, because I have seen the impact through living with someone who has type 1 diabetes for 25 years. Having an excess of glucose in his cells due to having type 1 diabetes has contributed to my husband having had two strokes, high blood pressure, eyesight problems that mean he can no longer drive, and many other health complications. I have seen firsthand the devastating impact that sugar has on our bodies. So I just wanted to really raise your awareness of all of that. I also just want to say that when I'm talking about sugar and refined carbohydrates, I'm not talking about a low carbohydrate diet. I'm not talking about cutting out sugar in your diet. I'm not talking about cutting out vegetables, which contain a lot of carbohydrate and whole grains. I'm talking about eating those manufactured foods um, that have added sugar and refined carbohydrate within them. Refined carbohydrate, um, I often think of as foods that maybe contain flour, so it could be bread, it could be pasta, those sorts of foods. And I'm talking about having an excess of those foods. I still enjoy chocolate. I still enjoy ice cream, but I have cut out a lot of foods with these added sugars and refined carbs that I previously ate mindlessly. Okay, so let's take a moment to think about your relationship with sugar from the perspective of your body, brain, mind, and emotions. So let's start with our bodies. Foods high in added sugar and refined carbohydrate can impact your body in a number of ways. And I'm really sort of like going through this. I'm sort of laboring the points here, but it's just because I want you to take away something from this episode that can be useful and helpful to you. So let's start with one that we're all really familiar with, problems with your teeth. As I'm sure you're aware, bacteria that causes the need to have fillings in our teeth that causes cavities love to eat sugar. What you might not be quite so aware of is that having a diet high in sugar and refined carbohydrates also causes problems with your joints. Eating a diet high in these foods has been shown to worsen joint pain because of the inflammation they cause in the body. And there have also been other studies that show that these foods with added sugars and high in refined carbohydrates also increase your risk of developing rheumatoid arthritis. Another side effect of inflammation caused by these foods is that it makes your skin age faster. Um, sugar attaches to protein in your bloodstream and creates molecules that have been shown to damage collagen and elastin. Also, having a high sugar diet causes problems in your liver from when the high amount of glucose is stored and then broken down there repeatedly. Also, it can cause problems with your heart, caused an excess of insulin. So the more, remember, the more foods we have that are high in added sugar and refined carbohydrate, the more insulin our body has to produce to move the glucose, that is the sort of the, the molecule that those foods are broken down into around your body, initially to be stored, to be used by our cells as energy and then stored in the liver and then stored on our body as fat. And so the more insulin that we produce, the more likely that is to cause problems like our artery walls to get thicker and less flexible. And this can lead to heart attacks, heart disease and strokes. And it's often, it's the smaller capillaries that are affected. And the problem with that is that there's no mechanical way to prevent them. When it's these small capillaries infected, there's no treatment such as, you know, sort of putting in stents or other things to bypass those problems. Another part of your body that gets impacted is your pancreas. It's problems with your pancreas that lead to developing type 2 diabetes. Also, 
these sugars have impact cause problems with your kidneys your kidneys can stop working properly when they're continually overworked from having too much sugar having too much glucose in your blood okay i could go on but i'm sure i have made my point so let's take a moment to also think about what happens in your brain well research conducted on animals in 2007 found that sugar was more addictive than cocaine according to google sugar has drug-like effects in the reward center of the brain scientists have proposed that sweet foods along with salty and fatty foods can produce Produce addiction-like effects in the human brain, which contribute to a loss of self-control, overeating, and subsequent weight gain. And I'm guessing that many of us here maybe already knew that. The thing is, is that tens of thousands of years ago, this stimulus, this stimulus to eat these foods, helped us to find, to go out, to hunt for, to gather for calorie-rich foods, which aided our survival when food was scarce. But now, this primitive drive to eat these foods is contributing to our obesity and many, many health problems. The behavioural and neurobiochemical characteristics of substance abuse and overeating are somewhat similar. And the idea of food addiction is now frequently referred to. And there's even evidence to suggest that over time, greater amounts of the substance are required to reach the same level of reward. So the more of these foods you eat, the more of them you're going to want to eat, feel that you need to eat to get the same amount of pleasure from them. Now, the good news here is that this over-desire for sugar that happens at a physiological level in your brain, as well as at an, at an emotional level too, is a learned response and it can be unlearned. And this was proven a long time ago by the Russian scientist Pavlov. You may remember his experiment on dogs. Okay, let's consider our mind next. When it comes to our relationship with sugar in our mind, it's more to do with nurture than nature. What you believe about foods containing sugar and refined carbohydrates will be a reflection on everything that has impacted your relationship with food up until this point in your life. Your parents, other aspects of your upbringing, the food manufacturing industry, the advertising industry, the diet industry, scientific research, your religion, your culture, and your own experiences. So when you consider all of these influences, you will see that we are all unique when it comes to our relationship with sugar, as far as how we think about it in our mind. And you will have seen firsthand how my thoughts about sugar, my mindset around sugar has been biased by having a husband who's type 1 diabetic. Now, if you're listening to this podcast as someone in your middle years, and I think that most of you are, you will likely have grown up, whether that's in the UK or the US or elsewhere, with government initiatives teaching you that you should, you could, you would lose weight and reduce your risk of heart disease by eating a diet low in fat and high in carbohydrates. Well, we now know that this research was flawed. In 2016, the Journal of the American Medical Association published papers that had previously been hidden, demonstrating how the sugar industry had been manipulating research into heart disease for years. These papers revealed that the sugar industry, in very similar way to how the tobacco industry also had, had been paying Harvard scientists throughout the 1960s to emphasize the link between fat and heart disease and ignore the connection between sugar and heart disease. So go and Google that if that's something that you're interested in. But all of those, you know, those of us who grew up, you know, being told that we should be eating low-fat diets, who have grown up choosing low-fat products in the supermarket, many of which actually have added sugar in them to help them taste better. All of the research that led to that whole movement with the food manufacturing industry and the diet industry was totally flawed. So go and look that up if you want to update your current thinking, your current belief system around what's happening with 
with regards to you know sugar in the foods that we're eating. And then the fourth area is emotions. So what about our emotions? Well, there's a lot of research that shows that sugar has a negative impact on our emotions too. Eating a diet high in added sugar and refined carbohydrate has been linked to anxiety, mood swings, and depression. And yet so many of us who like foods with added sugar and refined carbohydrates believe that they will improve our mood. We believe they will give us energy, pleasure, comfort, or just generally help us to feel better. And that's because we experience these emotional benefits for sometimes only seconds, but in the moment. And we're then blind to the fact that in the medium to long term, we in fact feel more tired, more dissatisfied and more uncomfortable because that's the way our primal brain works. Okay, so what's the purpose of this episode today? Well, I want you to make a change, just one change based on what you're hearing here today. In the short term, that change may take you a step closer to losing the weight that you want to lose and creating a relationship with food that you want to have. But in the long term, that change may lead to a domino effect of changes that leads you to live a healthier, happier life and reduce your risk of diabetes, heart disease, dementia, and much more. But before you set about reducing foods and or drinks that contain added sugars and refined carbohydrates, I want you, I encourage you to capture and understand how they currently feature in your diet. Don't rely on your brain to tell you. Get scientific about it. Keep a record of everything that you eat for a week and highlight every snack, meal and drink that contains added sugar or refined carbohydrate. This isn't so that you can judge yourself. You really want to take a scientific approach to this and take away all of that emotional baggage that maybe comes with you thinking thinking that you shouldn't be eating the way in which you're eating. Let all of that go. It's not going to help you. Just think of this from a purely scientific perspective and be fascinated and curious. When you're eating processed foods, you might want to check the packaging. Savory foods that we often wouldn't expect to contain sugars frequently contain added sugar. You owe it to yourself to know what you're eating. Now, once you know your starting point, you can then easily make small changes and know that you're making progress. So here are just a couple of examples of ways that you can do that. It may look like you swapping your usual medium-sized drink from Starbucks or Costa that you suspect is sugar-laden. And do take the trouble to look up how much sugar is in those drinks. Um, don't judge yourself Don't if you've been having them, but you know maybe it's you about you swapping out the medium one that you normally have to a small one. It could look like you replacing the salad dressing that you normally have that when you look at the bottle you realize is really high in added sugar to one that is made tastier because it contains lots of healthy fats but doesn't have the added sugar. It might look like you looking at the packaging of similar like ready meals that you normally have and choosing the lower sugar option or it could be you looking at the sugar content of your usual breakfast cereal whether it's granola or muesli or something else and swapping it for a lower sugar variety. It could be you swapping out some refined carbohydrate snacks for maybe having some fruit paired with a bit of cheese or some yogurt instead or one of my go-to favorites which is carrots and hummus. The key here is to make small but consistent progress over time. This will make it easier for you to reduce your sugar in your diet without dealing with the effects of withdrawal. Symptoms of sugar withdrawal include headaches, aching, irritability, tiredness, feeling that sort of angry, 
hungry and having cravings. And I know that doesn't sound very appealing. So you can reduce the chances of you having those withdrawal symptoms by making small changes over time. But I know that some of you will want to take more of a sort of all or nothing approach. Um, and if you do, then know that these will pass, these withdrawal symptoms will pass, but that you can help reduce your symptoms by getting rest, being kind to yourself, increasing your electrolytes through drinking unsweetened coconut water, having a banana, staying well hydrated, eating watermelon. Those are a few things that you can try. Now, if you're not in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy, my monthly membership program, why not join us? You can find out more at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash academy. And next week, we're going to be diving deeper into the themes that I've touched on here to explore your relationship with foods that contain added sugar and refined carbohydrates and how you can easily make choices that your future self will thank you for. Okay, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. I look forward to talking to you again next week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership program, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning, supported by twice-weekly live calls and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six-month Lose Weight, Live Life Group Coaching Mastermind Intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.